So this is our Thanksgiving service. Thanksgiving service, and we just sang of the beauty of the earth and proclaimed all these incredible reasons why we should be thankful right here and right now. But quite frankly, this year, it just might be a little bit harder for some of us to muster up that ability to express gratitude in the wake of everything that has happened in 2020. Oh man, you guys have seen the jokes online about 2020. It's been miserable, just miserable, hasn't it? Do you guys agree? They agree. I'm sure you agree. Quite frankly, this year, we likely have gratitude. We have things to be grateful for. We have these things we're thankful for. But when we try to enter into that posture of giving gratitude, we might get stuck. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of if you have a bottle of honey and it's been sitting for a while, so at the top, it all kind of congeals and hardens, and maybe a beekeeper can tell me what's actually going on there, but the honey gets hard, and you're trying to squeeze out that honey to get to that goodness, that sweetness that you know is in that bottle, but it is stuck, and you have to work hard to get that unplugged so that the goodness will flow through. And honestly, that's what we are going to try and do today. We're going to try and get unstuck, to get all that yucky, gross stuff that happens out of us and out of the way and where it needs to be so that we can then enter into a posture of gratitude and thanksgiving. So before we turn our hearts to gratitude, we're going to spend a little bit of time together practicing the biblical principle of lament. Oh, that sounds fun, doesn't it? You guys excited about that? Yeah, I can tell. All right. So you're going to want pen and paper for this. This is an exercise I'd love for you to participate in with us. You see, to lament, it is to turn our hearts inside out and pour it all out, pour everything out to a God who cares deeply for us. This is present throughout Scripture, this practice of lament. And we're going to look at Psalm 13 together for inspiration. This is one of the Psalms of lament. Hear the word of the Lord. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day in and day out? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. Even so, I will sing the Lord's praise. For he has been good to me. Notice in this psalm of lament, the psalmist David does not hold back. He doesn't pull any punches. You see, God already knew what everything David was feeling and thinking inside. So you may as well take it all to God in prayer and be honest with him and be honest with ourselves of the heartache of what we are experiencing. In fact, God would much rather have all those things come out into the light than fester in the darkness of our mind 
The psalmist leaves it all out there, and that's what I would like for us to do together right now. I'd like you to grab pen and paper. Sarah's going to play some beautiful music for us, and we're going to spend the next few minutes doing an exercise. So I would like it if we could write down every single thing that has been bad or disappointing about this year in our lives. Write it all down. Write a huge list and be brutally honest. I even encourage you to spend the entire time of this song trying to write it all down. Whether you think it's big, whether you think it's small, we're going to get it out on paper. This will be about three to five minutes of an exercise. If you are with others at home as you worship, you're welcome to share ideas together, but I also want you to share those ideas. You may not want to speak out loud of how this has affected you deeply. So let us together enter into a time of lament. Some of you may be on a roll and still writing. Some of you may have realized that little plug in the honey bottle was bigger than you thought. And you're trying to write things down, but you've even fallen asleep to all the disappointment because you've become so used to it. 
how was this exercise for you? I'd love for you to mention in the comments, how was this exercise for you? Was it easy to complain in this way? Was it hard to acknowledge all these disappointments? Did you by chance feel any experience of release as you did this, or did it just make things even harder? I'd love to hear your thoughts throughout this. I truly believe it is good and healthy for us to be able to name our disappointments, our heartache, and our losses, for us to get it out. In fact, uh, when I think of parenting my kids, when Miles, for instance, if he is sad and he is crying or he's angry, he has a strong emotion, I want to know why. I want to know what it is he's feeling. I want him to be able to name it for himself without me telling him because when we name it, we can come to terms with it. Doesn't make it all okay, but then we know what we're wrestling with. And so, just as in Psalm 13 and many other Psalms and other places within the Bible show us, as we lament, we pour everything out to God. We trust everything to Him. And then, just as in Psalm 13, we thank God anyway. We thank God anyway. Christians can give thanks to God anyway. You see, Thanksgiving Day serves us as an annual reminder that we live in this world with one foot in celebration and one foot in lament. Christians are used to this reality. You see, on Easter, we, we, we enter into Good Friday and the immense sacrifice of our Lord, and then the pain of that, and the suffering of our Lord and Savior. And then on Easter, we rejoice. We live with those two realities. Because we live in a broken and hurting world, we live in the brokenness and realities of sin, and also live in the realities that the kingdom is breaking through and God is still actively at work. And so we can rejoice. Our only prayer in this life for us to experience peace is to own and name our sadness and to recognize the power that grinding sorrow has on our hearts. And then for us to throw open the door, throw it open wide to the feast that we experience at the Lord's table. As we acknowledge and even embrace a practice of lament together, our celebration becomes more free. It can be restored. It can be renewed. In fact, it makes it even more important. Our feasting can be deeply sincere, even in a context of deep suffering and deep disappointment. And so it is today, by naming and embracing lament, our celebration can be restored. Until Jesus comes, we live with these two realities. The reality of longing for all to be made right, and feasting in all the good that has already broken through. And as we live with those two things in concert, it allows us to seek the shalom of Christ and his kingdom. 
So we will lament the loss. We will allow our hearts to feel the disappointment of longings unfulfilled, even as we praise God in his holy name. And this Thanksgiving, when we long for that table to be full with our family, and yet it can't be this year, or for we remember all those happy memories of laughter and holding hands as we pray together, and we long for that to be made real again in our lives. By faith, we still celebrate. We celebrate all that has been given. We celebrate all the blessings that still break through day in, day out. And may we see beauty and give thanks anyway. We are known and we are held together by a God that knows disappointment and suffering so well. And he is a God who holds the future and knows that even now he is at work for our redemption. When we read the words such as this psalm, we can be brutally honest with all of our heartache. And yet, because of who our God is, we may then return back to praise. Giving thanks in the midst of the heartache is a bold declaration, but indeed it is the posture of a Christian. This is our reality that we live in. We can make a bold declaration of faith. We can make a declaration of hope, a declaration that all is not how it is supposed to be, but that we have a God who is in control and actively at work to make a beauty out of all of this mess. Yeah, 2020 has been rough. It is one for the record books, friends. Every single thing that you wrote down is valid. Every single thing that is on your heart is honest and sincere and true. You may be upset about that. You should be upset at those things. And yet, as Christians, we know that we have an everlasting hope and that goodness always wins. No matter how long our list of sorrows our list of blessings will always be greater. And so I'd like for us to consider together, it's a question you've heard me ask throughout this, what is the good right now? You have your list of what is bad. I encourage you to write a mere list. What is good right now? So how can we give God thanks in the midst of all that is broken? There's been a lot of data that shows the power of expressing gratitude and expressing it daily. I think there's also power in naming the bad alongside the good. So I would encourage you this week to not just make a daily list of gratitude, but also make that daily list of lament and see how together those can help inform our path towards a posture of gratitude and thanksgiving. Because in this world, as we're constantly torn between these two perspectives, the good and the bad, they'll always be present. But just as I mentioned a few weeks ago, that what we focus on becomes more clear. And so to help us with that, to help aid you in making your list of gratitude, our team here is going to read several Bible passages they're going to be up on your screen for you to see. And as we read these, I would encourage you to write that list. Everything that these passages evoke in you, that in the midst of the mess, 
how can we still give thanks? And what is still good? What is still true in the midst of it all? Hear now the powerful and true word of the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Every good and perfect gift is from above coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. May he give you the desire of your heart and make all your plans succeed. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and he helps me. My heart leaps for joy, and with my song I praise him. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. And that is exactly what we will do together right here, right now. Is express our gratitude, express our thanks, express the goodness of God as we proclaim proclaim all these blessings that he has given us, that scripture points to us and tells us is true. Why don't we sing together? And if, you're, if you'd like to keep working on that list as we sing or pray or whatever posture you need during this time, we invite you into that right now. The beauty of these songs, the beauty of this time together is that we know that God is actively still at work in our lives. And we also know that he is at work in your lives because you, a few of you, submitted some God sightings. And you shared with us these potent ways that God is indeed still at work. And so as these stories are being read and shared, I would love for all of you at home, if you have a God sighting, big or small, drop it in the comments, because we believe when we hear how God's at work, it bolsters our faith and it gives us eyes to see the ways God is active in our communities. So we are going to share these God sightings with you. Hear now how God is at work today. This is from Stephanie. Well, I believe all we all encounter daily God sightings if we slow down enough to look for them. There is a particular sighting this past year that still gives me goosebumps when I think about it. 
As many of the congregation know, our daughter Megan was diagnosed 24 hours after birth with hypoplastic left heart syndrome, a complex and critical congenital heart defect that occurs in about one in 4,300 births. Megan was immediately transferred to the ICU at Ma in Ann Arbor, and she underwent multiple open heart surgeries within the first year of her life. While most babies with this condition are diagnosed in utero, Megan was not, and thus we were caught quite off guard and unprepared for the subsequent journey. However, I learned quickly that the congenital heart community, much like our Christian community, is warm, welcoming, and hugely supportive of one another. I was able to lean on this community of families for information and encouragement as we muddled our way through. Now that Megan is almost two and a half and stable, I enjoy engaging with other families, sharing stories, and using lessons learned from our experience to help support others. This past summer, I got a message from a friend of mine saying she knew a mom who had just given birth to a daughter who also has HLHS, asking if she could connect the two of us. Of course, I was more than happy to make the connection. I began messaging with this mom who quickly let me know that she already knew who I was. She remembered me from two years previously because she was the nurse in charge on the hospital floor the night Megan was diagnosed. She shared that she often thought of our family since that time and had kept us in her prayers. Over the past several months, she and I have become good friends, despite the pandemic limiting our ability to connect face-to-face. -face. I've been able to share our experiences to provide her with knowledge and comfort, and I'm confident she will be there to support our family when Megan goes for her next heart surgery this summer. While it's so easy to get overwhelmed by Megan's health journey, it has been the source of the most beautiful and powerful God sightings I have ever encountered which forces me to remember that God is in control, not me, and that he has a perfect plan for us all. Can we, like, clap? We would clap if we were all here together. But man, that was powerful. Thank you for sharing that, Stephanie. I'm going to bring you the next one. This is from our buddy, L. Apotheker. This is what he writes. It's interesting how quickly priorities change when confronting an emergency or a health issue. It was clear on the part, uh, or clever on the part of Satan when God allowed Satan to inflict pain on Job. All of a sudden, one's attention is on himself or herself. One does not usually think of others when going through a trial. Job's friends, in quotes, knew <laughs> that the temptation to curse God was real, and all of us know Job did not curse God. We do not exactly know why things happen, but we are confident in knowing that as Psalm 46 states, God is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in trouble. Jesus told us we would never be alone. He provided for me numerous people who supported me with prayers, with cards, and expressions of kindness. My wife Grace was a fortress through this trial. Siblings, nephews, and nieces, an entire fourth grade classroom were praying for me. There's no such state for the body of believers, which we will be the church. Or no, excuse me, there's no substitute for the body of believers, which we will be the church. I am thankful for doctors, for nurses, and for others on the front lines. I am thankful for good hospitals. 
These are the tools that God has provided. It is only through Christ that comfort, healing, and restoration can be found. Thank you, members of Hope, and remember to lift one another in all these difficulties in your prayers, all those afflicted in your prayers. In great peace and love, Allopotheker. There it go. This is from Gail DeYoung. It's a simple silver band that is very special to me. My husband, Jack, and I do not normally exchange gifts for our anniversary. We usually celebrate by going out to eat or by doing something else special. As our 25th anniversary was approaching, Jack indicated he wanted to get me something special. His comment to me was that a silver dollar really did not cut it. I couldn't discourage his desire to get me something, and I don't need stuff, but I saw how important it was to him, so I prayed about it. God gave me the idea of a simple silver band that could be worn on the middle finger of my left hand. I passed this along to Jack, and on our anniversary, he gave me the band he had chosen for me. That was four years ago. When I got up during the night this past week and then returned to bed, I realized the ring was not on my finger. It was cool in our bedroom, so I figured it must have slipped off my finger and I would have to sort through the bedding in the morning. Before falling back to sleep, I prayed God would reveal to me where my ring was. I got up when my alarm went off and when I stood, I felt something under my foot. At 6.20, the room was still dark, but I leaned down, rubbed my hand across the carpet, and found my ring. God is so good. All right. And then last from Sue Williams. So about three weeks ago, I was waddling in sort of a low spot between COVID, short days, long nights, and the election. I felt the lack of God's presence. Not that he wasn't walking with me. It was more I was not seeking him. I happened to be with a friend, and she told me about this live stream Bible study that these two ladies were doing in this really cool barn over by Ann Arbor. She was so enthusiastic that it tweaked my interest. They, the two ladies, had built this barn for retreats, Bible study groups, etc. And when COVID hit, they were placed in the situation that many were placed in. How do we reinvent ourselves and get the word out? Well, this is where Barn 45 live stream was started. I could go on and on about these two super cool ladies and their love for Christ and the Bible. But more than that, how much this daily study has put such a positive spin in my own life. There are days when I have my headphones on while hiking, and I swear they are talking straight to me. Their words are just what I need at that moment. So why is this a God sighting? God saw where I was in my life, and he put this friend in front of me who happened to tell me about this Bible study. I never asked her. She had no idea of my circumstance. She was just excited about this live stream and wanted to share it with me. Really, God wanted to share it with me, so he placed my friend in front of me. Perfect timing. Hey, I want to clap for all of those amazing God signs. If you're at home, you should clap too, and God will hear that chorus of claps, absolutely. 
Friends, God is at work. If you notice in each of those stories, there's a moment of darkness where hope seems lost, where there's a struggle, and then God shows up and does what he does. Praise be to God for who is so faithful and so good. Let us respond to his goodness together by singing of that truth and song. Heavenly Father, we do proclaim your goodness, which truly is amazing when we consider it. And as we prepare to partake of the Feast of Communion, we do so knowing that you gave it all. What you did on the cross, what you've done for us is just a sign of what you always do, which is to pour out again and again and again for your creation. So God, we pray even now as we prepare for this feast that you prepare our hearts. For some of us, Lord, we have taken of this meal many times. It's an opportunity to return back to you, to remember your grace, to remember your goodness to once again accept that forgiveness you extend to us and then feast at the supper of fullness and the promise of life. For some of us, it may be the first time where we take this feast, where we proclaim that we are truly sorry for our sins, that we desire you to be the Lord and Savior of our lives. And so we take of this feast as that first step, acknowledging your goodness and receiving your grace. Be with us now as we feast together around the table. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.